Welcome to What the Wealth, a financial planning and investment podcast for professionals and families to help you navigate life's financial transitions. Jonathan's mission is to facilitate the ability for you to plan for and create the life you love, free from anxiety about money. And now, here's your host, certified financial planner, Jonathan Bedner. Welcome to What the Wealth. This is episode five, and I'm your host, Jonathan Bedner, certified financial planner and co-owner of Paradigm Wealth Partners in Knoxville, Tennessee. Today, we're going to continue our conversation about preparing for the IRS and filing your taxes and how to be prepared for filing your taxes for the April 15th deadline. The first thing we're going to talk about is just a couple tips. So remember that you need to make any retirement contributions to your traditional or Roth. The deadline is April 15th when you file your taxes. The next thing to consider is, should you itemize or should you use the standard deduction? Really, before you go through all of that work and, and calculate to the penny, see how close you are to, to the state and federal deduction allowances. And for 2020, the standard deduction for single taxpayers is 12400 or for married couples filing jointly, it's 24800 So when you quickly go through your expenses and you look at adding those deductions up, if you're close to 124, if you're single or close to 24,800 married filing jointly, you may want to go spend a little bit more time looking in, adding all the expenses up to see, you know, does it make sense to, to file the standard or does it make sense to do the itemized? So those are the two kind of quick tips that I would consider as we get into tax season deadline, which is, you know, about a month or so away. So in this episode, we're going to talk about staying organized and, and coming up with an approach that allows you to really calm the mass chaos of, of filing for taxes. I recommend a three-folder tax filing approach. So in your command center, what I would do is, is you know, we've created this section called taxes. And in that tax section, we're going to create three subfolders. So, you know, at the beginning of the year, you're going to start receiving tax documents, 1099 divs, 1099Rs, 1099s, maybe mortgage interest deductions, W-2s. When you get these documents, just start stockpiling them. And we're going to talk about how you organize them so that they are, are streamlined and efficient for you to use when it comes time to file. It's all there and, and easily accessible. This three-folder approach method should cover most families. If we need a more complex plan or you have a, you know, maybe multiple businesses or you have maybe additional medical expenses, something like that, you might want to create another subfolder or two, but really these three subfolders should cover just about everybody. So these three subfolders are going to be titled income, expenses and deductions, and investments. And we're going to, like I said, we're going to place specific documents into each one of those categories. So in the income folder, this is going to be documents such as W-2s that have your salary, 1099s that may have commissions and bonuses, 1099s that may have dividends or distributions, K-1s, checking account interest, 
everything that has a paper trail that is income to you, we're going to put into this category. You're going to keep a log on the front of the folder noting the source and the amount. So if you have a checking account at Bank of America or at Wells Fargo or whatever bank or credit union you use or a savings account there that may be paid interest, you're going to want to keep a record of what bank that's with and how much that dividends or interest paid you. Same thing for, you know, your W-2. You're going to want to take that from your job and how much it is. This will be all of the income items placed into this income section of the folder. You definitely want to verify the information that is on your W-2 and 1099 forms. It is possible that mistakes can be made on those. We're all human. So you just want to verify that the information that is being represented on those forms is accurate. Your social security number, your date of birth, if it's on there, your address, your name, your income, you know, just, just take a quick cursory glance and double check and make sure that, you know, it's accurate. The other thing to consider is, is that jury payments and gambling winnings, if those are income, also need to be put into this section and claimed. The next folder is going to be expenses and deductions. So if you take lots of deductions, making separate files for big categories could help make, you know, your filing process simpler. I'll give you an example. My wife and I have a rental property. And so we have a separate expense folder that keeps track of yard maintenance, if I have gutters put on the, on the house, pest control expenses, property taxes, you know, any care and maintenance things, but they're all related to that one house, go in that separate subfolder. So if, if you don't have something like a, a real estate rental property, you still may want to have, you know, this list of deductions, it's going to be for home interest deductions, you know, on your mortgage, medical expenses, you know, things of that nature that are that are really big items. It could also potentially include investment expenses, but some of that went away under the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act. So it's really harder to claim investment fees on your deductions now. One of the things that you're going to want to make sure that you keep track of is deductions that can be carried over to future returns. So the big one that comes to mind is capital losses that exceed the loss carry forward limit. So if you don't have any capital gains to offset capital losses, then the most that you can carry forward for that for that year is $3,000. Let me give you an example. If you invested in a piece of property and you spent $20,000 buying that property, you were going to, let's just say you were going to build a house there. And five years down the road, you decided you're no longer going to build there. You're going to sell the property, but the property is only worth $10,000 and you sell it for $10,000. Then now you have a $10,000 capital loss that you can write off or you can count against 
capital gains when you sell something for a profit. Now, if you don't have any capital gains that you've actually sold and, and captured for that year, then the most you can write off is 3000 If you wrote that $3,000 loss off and you still had that $7,000 loss in this example, then you're going to want to keep those expenses or deductions in a category in this folder so that you know that you still have $7,000 that you can use against, you know, gains in the future. Again, if you don't have gains, you could use another 3,000 the next year. Let's say that the following year, you bought $10,000 worth of stock, and you sold that stock for $17,000 a year later, then now you've got a $7,000 profit, you can write off that $7,000 loss against that $7,000 gain. And you can use that as a way to minimize taxes. And that's something Scott and I talked about on our podcast two weeks ago. The next folder is the investment subfolder. So this is where we're just going to kind of keep a record of what's happened in the past. So you'll want to put your year in statement in there, you know, the December 31st previous year statement. Even if you have sold investments, it's still sometimes a good idea to keep record of what you bought, what you sold, when you bought it, when you sold it, so that if you ever do need to use it in the future for tax purposes or the IRS wants to see it, you've got record of it and it's easy for you to find. Sometimes it's good habit to keep monthly, quarterly statements as well. If you do that, then your then your investments folder can stack up pretty quickly. So normally what I recommend is clean this folder out once a year, shred the monthly and quarterly statements, and keep the annual statements. Confirmations for purchasing, purchase receipts, year-end overviews, dividend notices, things like that, things that that relate to your investments, you're going to want to keep inside of this this portfolio. Again, if your investments are really complicated, you may want to break these into separate folders. So if you have a retirement account and a non-retirement account, you may want to have two subfolders of the investment subfolder, one that will house the investment information for your retirement account, one that will house the investment information for your non-retirement account. One of the things that you're, you're going to want to keep track of inside your investment folder is your record of IRA contributions. And then furthermore, if you start doing Roth conversions or backdoor Roth conversions, you're going to want to keep track of, of those conversions as well, because they are very important in how your money is taxed, both in the, in the near term and the long term. And so keeping track of contributions and conversions it's very important. I would house those inside of this investment folder. Taxable investments that prove cost basis of your investment. So this is, you know, usually when you buy a stock or bind or, or any type of investment, you have now created a cost basis or what it costs you to purchase that investment. And, you know, it's good from time to time to be able to have for, for proof what you paid for that investment. So this is where you're going to keep those cost basis reports, reinvested dividends, mergers, 1099s, K1s, 
everything for your taxable investment account that will be taxable later down the road. If you're not ready to file your taxes yet, you can file an extension and you can extend to October 15th. That comes with you know, penalties for not filing on time, April 15th. But, you know, if you are not ready, you could file an extension. It is my advice that people get prepared, which is why we're talking about this, how to be prepared, how to stay prepared, using a system to, to stay on track so that you can file on the April 15th deadline and continue to stay on track. It is very, very important that you keep and protect your information. Information is highly, highly sensitive. We are constantly under cyber attacks and malicious threats from all over the world. So just a couple of tips here. Never submit information on a website that does not have an S behind the HTTP. So all websites start with HTTP. Now, most websites will say HTTPS. That S stands for secure, and so the information is encrypted and, and harder to access for criminals. And so you want to make sure that if you go to a website like your bank, it should say HTTPS colon backslash backslash www, and that is you know how you know it is a secure website. Any unused documents, like we talked about a few minutes ago, we talked about clearing out old files and old statements. Don't just pitch those in the trash. Take them and shred them. You can buy a really, really good cross shredder from Amazon for like 99 bucks. When I say cross shredder, I mean it shreds both ways. So it really makes really, really fine pieces of almost confetti looking paper very, very hard to, to put back together. Don't just get the kind that just shreds giant strips. Get the one that, that cross shreds and, and make sure that, that those documents are totally destroyed. We at our office offer clients that if they don't have a shredder at home, we have service that comes and picks up at our office. You can bring your shredding to our office and it will be securely shredded on site here Security is highly, highly important to us. So we want to make sure that we give our clients a way to get rid of, of sensitive information. The other thing is do not give out sensitive information over the phone. There are more and more and more scams over the phone nowadays. The IRS will never call you. They send letters. So when you get a call or you get a call that sounds like spam, but someone on the other end is pretending to be someone from the IRS or the Internal Revenue Service or the Treasury Department, it is 100% scam. So please do not give out any sensitive information over the phone. Be aware of who you're giving or who has access to that information and understand that the IRS in, in no way ever makes phone calls to collect information. Those are, those are scams. So just be aware of, of fraud out there. The IRS is, however, now using private debt collectors. So people that are filers that are overdue, it is now possible to have some sort of bill collection service 
reach out to try to start collecting those bills. In the past, that was not the case, but the, but the IRS is now using private debt collectors to collect past due debt from tax filers. So be aware of that. Couple more things, then we'll wrap this up. Free help. If you need tax filing help, there's a couple ways you can do it. If you make $56,000 or less, have disabilities, or you're older than 60, there are resources to get free help for filing your taxes from the IRS. And that website is irs.treasury.gov slash free tax prep. So this would be a great resource. You put in your zip code, it will find resources for you in the local area if you need help filing your taxes. So that does it for this show. Again, we've talked about a lot. We've covered several tips on how to potentially get some last minute tax deductions and contributions by making contribution into your retirement accounts before the deadline. We've talked about the three folder or subfolder system to make sure that you have an organized structure for filing your taxes. And then we've talked about a couple tips as far as protecting yourself and some free resources that the IRS provides for, for certain individuals or tax filers. If you have any questions, please reach out to me. You can go to our website, paradigmwealthpartners.com or whatthewealth.com. As always, thanks for tuning in and listening. Go out and create the life you love. Thank you for joining us on What the Wealth. For more information, get in touch with Jonathan at whatthewealth.com. Remember to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any information that can help you create the life you love. of this podcast is educational and general in nature and does not take into consideration the listener's personal circumstances. Therefore, it is not intended to be a substitute for specific individualized financial, legal, or tax advice. To determine which strategies or investments may be suitable for you, consult the appropriate qualified professional prior to making a final decision. Securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA SIPC. Investment advice offered through Paradigm Wealth Partners, a registered investment advisor and separate entity from LPL Financial. This information is not intended to be a substitute for specific individualized tax advice. We suggest that you discuss your specific tax issues with a qualified tax advisor.